Chapter forty two of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter forty two. Margaret, the Presenter, and God Between. Unless Andrew Luke, who went to Canada, be still above ground, I am now the only survivor of the few to whom Lang Thomas told what passed in the manse parlour after the door closed on him and Margaret. With the years the others lost the details, but before I forget them, the man who has been struck by lightning will look at his arm without remembering what shrivelled it. There even came a time when the scene seemed more vivid to me than to the presentor, though that was only after he began to break up. "'She was never the kind of woman,' Laman said, "'that a body need be nine feared at. "'You can see she is the timid sort. "'I could not have selected a woman easier to speak bold out to, "'though I had I might pick of them.' "'He was a gaunt man, sour and hard, "'and he often paused in his story with a puzzled look on his forbidding face. "'But, man, she was so meek they windy of him. "'If he had wanted to put a knife into her, "'I believe that woman would just I telled him to take care no to cut his hands.' I and what innocent like she was if she had heard enough afore i saw her to make her uneasy i could i begun at once but here she was shaking my hand and smiling to me so that i when i tried to speak i guide through either nobody can despise me for it i tell you mair than i despise myself i thought to myself let her hide her smile out thomas womond it's her inmost shine with shame at my cowardliness i tried to yoke to my duty as chief elder to kirk and i said to her as thrawn as i could speak dinna thank me i've done nothing for you i ken it wasna for me who did it she said but for him but oh mr Wamman, will that make me think the less of you he's my all she says with that smile back in her face and a look mixed up with it that said as plain and i need no more i thought of saying that some builds their house upon the sand but daggone it dominie it's a solemn thing the pride mithers has in their laddies i mind it's my ain mother what the devil are you glowering at andrew luke do you think i'm greeting you'll sit down mr woman she says next no i winna i said angry like i dinna come here to sit i could see she thought i was shy at being in a man's parlour ay and i thought she was pleased at me looking shy well she took my hat out of my hand and she put it on the chair at the door where there's i and i'll chair in grand houses for the servant to sit on at family exercise you're a man mr woman says she that the minister delights to honour and so you'll oblige me by sitting in his own armchair gavin never quite delighted to honour the presenter of whom he was always a little afraid and perhaps margaret knew it but you must not think less of her for wanting to gratify her son's chief elder she thought too that he had just done her a service i never yet knew a good woman who did not enjoy flattering men she liked i saw my chance at that womond went on and i says to her sternly in worldly position i says i'm a common man and it's no for the like as it's to sit in a minister's chair but it has been god's will i says to wrap around me the mantle of chief elder at a kirk and if the minister falls awa frae grace it becomes my duty to take his place if she had been looking at me she maun hae grown feared at that and syne i could hae gone on though my ilka word was a knock-down blow but she was picking some things off the chair to let me down on't 
it's a pair of mittens i'm working for the minister she says and she handed them to me ay i tried not to take them but oh lads it's queer to think how saft i was he's no to ken about them till they're finished she says terrible fond like the words came to my mouth they'll never be finished and i could ha cursed myself for no saying em i didna ken how it was but there was something pitiful in seeing her take up the mittens and begin working cheerily at one and me kennin all the time that they would never be finished i washed her fingers and i said to myself another stitch and that mon be your last i said that to myself till i thought it was the needle that said it and i wondered at her no hearing in the tail of the day i says you need not bother you'll never wear them and they sounded sich words a doom that i rose up off the chair ay but she took me a prime and she said i see you've noticed how careless i is on comforts he is and that in his zeal he forgets to put on his mittens though they may be in his pocket a the time oh she says confident like but he winna forget these mittens mr Wallen, and i tell you the reason it's because they're his mother's work i stamped my foot and she gave me an apologetic look and she says i cannot help boasting about his being so fond of me my but here was me saying to myself do your duty thomas womond you slugger do your duty and without lifting my ain friar fingers i said sternly the chances are i said that these mittens will never be worn by the hands they are worked for you mean she says that he'll guy them awa to some ill off body as he guys near a thing he has ay but there's one thing he never parts with and that's my work there's a young lady the monster now says she that offered to finish the mittens for me but he would value them less if i let ony other body put a stitch into them i thought to myself thomas woman the lord has opened the door for you and you'll be disgraced forever if you dinna walk straight in so i rose again and i says boldly this time where's that young lady i hae something to say to her that cannot be kept waiting she's up the stair she says surprised but you cannot ken her mr Wamond, for she just came last night i can marry her than you think says i i ken what brocked her here and ken wha she thinks she is to be married to and i've come to tell her that she'll never get him how no she said amazed like because said i with my teeth to get her he is already married lads i stood waiting to see her fall and when she didna fall i just waited longer thinking she was slow and taking it in. i see you ken wha she is she said looking at me and yet i cannot credit your news they're true i cries even if they are says she considering it may be the best thing that could happen to baith of them i sank back in a chair in fair bewilderment for i dinna ken at that time as we ken now that she was thinking of the earl when i was thinking of her son dominie it looked to me as if the lord had opened the door to me and sign shut it in my face shine with me shittin there in a kind of awe the woman's simpleness she began to tell me what the minister was like when he was a bairn and i was saying all the time to myself you're chief elder of the kirk thomas woman and you maun speak out the next time she stops to draw breath they were terrible small common things she tells me she just near a mither's mind about their bairns but the kind of holy way she said them drove my words down my throat like as if i was some infidel man trying to break out with blasphemy in a kirk i'll let you see something says she that i can will interest you 
she brocked it out of a drawer and would you think it was as sure as death it was no more than some of his hair when he's a litin and it was tied up such carefully in paper that you i thought it was some valuable thing mr Ormond, says she sullenly you have come thrice to the manse to keep me from being uneasy about my son's absence and you was the chief instrument under god in bringing him to thrums and i'll gie you a little o that hair it what did i care about his hair and yet to see her fondling it i says to myself mrs dishart i says to myself i was the chief instrument under god in bringing him to thrums and i've come here to tell you that i'm to be the chief instrument under god in driving him out o it ay but when i fought to bring out these words my mouth snapped like a box dinna gie me his hair was all i could say and i would not take it frae her but she laid it in my hand and and sign what could i do oh it's easy to speak about thy things now and to wonder how i could i so disgraced the position of chief elder at a kirk but i tell you i was near greeting for a woman call me names dominie i deserve them all i did not call woman names for being reluctant to break margaret's heart here is a confession i may make sometimes i say my prayers at night in a hurry going on my knees indeed but with as little reverence as i take a drink of water before jumping into bed and for the same reason because it is my nightly habit i am only pattering words i have by heart to a chair then and should be as well employed writing a comic bible at such times i pray for the earthly well-being of the presenter though he has been dead for many years he crept into my prayers the day he told me this story and was part of them for so long that when they are only a recitation he is part of them still she said to me the woman continued that the women of the congregation would be fond to handle the hair could i tell her that the women was war agin him than the men i shivered to hear her sign when they're a sitting breathless listening to his preaching she says they'll be able to picture him as a bear just as i often do in the kirk myself and you look you're sneering at me but i tell you if you had been there and had begun to say he'll preach in our kirk no more i would a struck you and i'm chief elder of the kirk she says oh mr Wyman, there's times in the kirk when he is praying and the glow on his face is hardly mortal so that i fall a-shaken with a mixture of fear and pride me being his mother and sinful though i am to say it i cannot help thinking at such times that i ken what the mother of jesus had in her heart when she found him in the temple dominie it's sacks in twenty years since i was made an elder to kirk i mind the day as if it was yestreen mr carfrae made me walk home with him and he took me into the manse parlour and he set me in that very chair it was the first time i was ever in the manse ay he little thought that day in his earnestness and i little thought myself in the pride of my lusty youth that the time was coming when i would swear in that reverenced parlour i say swear dominie for when she had finished i jumped to my feet and i cried hell and i lifted up my hat and i was chief elder she fell back frae my oath he said and sighing she took my sleeve and speared what has come over you mr Wamond? are you anything on your mind i've sin on it i roared at her i have neglected duty on it i am one of them that cries lord lord and yet do not the things which he commands he has pointed out the way to me and i hinna followed it what is it you hinna done that you should i done she said oh mr Wamond, if you want my help it's yours your son's out of the earth to you 
i cried but my eldership's as muckle to me sax and twenty years i'd been an elder and now i mun gie it up who says that she spears i say it i cried i've shirked my duty i gie up my eldership now thomas Wammond is no langer an elder to kirk i and i was chief elder dominie i think she began to say that when the minister came hama he wouldna accept my resignation but i paid no heed to her ye ken what was the sound that kicked my ears frae her words it was the sound o a machine coming yont the tenements you ken what was the sick that made me glare through the window instead of looking at her it was the sight of mr dishart in the machine i could not speak but i got my body atween her and the window for i heard shouting and i couldna doubt that it was the folk cursing him but she heard too she heard too and she squeezed by me to the window and i could not look out i just walked saft like to the parlor door but afore i reached it she cried joyously he's my son come back and see how fond of him they are they are running at the side of the machine and the laddies are tossing their bonnets in the air god help ye woman i said to myself it cannot be bonnets it's the steins and divots mere likely that they're flinging at him syne i creeped out of the manse dominie you mind i passed you in the kitchen and didn't i say a word yes i saw the presenter pass through the kitchen with such a face on him as no man ever saw him wear again since thomas Wamond died we have had to enlarge the thrums cemetery twice so it can matter not at all to him but little to me and what you who read think of him all his life children ran from him he was the dourest the most unlovable man in thrums but may my right hand wither and may my tongue be cancer-bitten and may my mind be gone into a dry rot before i forget what he did for me and mine that day End of chapter forty two